And Jesus saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them. In the name of Jesus, amen. He meant to pass by them. I think I've mentioned before how my sermon writing process oftentimes begins with me wondering about whatever it is in the text that makes the least sense. (laughs) The idea is that if something doesn't seem to make sense, and yet the Holy Spirit still saw fit to stick it in there, maybe it's important. He meant to pass by them. That's the bit from today's Gospel from Mark chapter 6. It doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. (laughs) Just some background, Jesus, he's he's finished feeding the 5,000. They picked up the 12 baskets full of leftovers. And Jesus has sent his disciples by boat. They're on the shore of one side of the Sea of Galilee. He's sent them by boat to the other side while he hangs back, dismisses the crowd, and has some time for prayer. And now about the fourth watch of the night, which means just a a couple hours or so before sunrise, uh, the disciples there are out on the lake, on the boat, making headway painfully, we're told, which doesn't quite seem like the scared-to-death storm which they were in a couple chapters before, but still a pain, still scary, even if not scared to death. And Jesus, because he was not with them on the boat, and wants to get to the other side. Sounds like there's a chicken joke in there. What Jesus? (laughs) He wants to get to the other side quickly, I guess. He decides to walk on the sea, which takes him near where the disciples are making headway painfully. And we're told he meant to pass by them. He wanted to sneak past (laughs) He did not desire to be seen. I've seen some paintings of Jesus walking gallantly across the sea. But maybe given this little detail, we should instead envision him kind of cartoon-like, tiptoeing across the sea. I wonder why. Don't you? Again, if the Holy Spirit and Mark saw fit to put it in there for a purpose, maybe it's for us to wonder about it. Why? Did he mean to pass them by? I mean, if it had been me or you, it would have been a lot easier to figure out why. Uh, Maybe like you're walking through your neighborhood and you see one of your neighbors uh, struggling moving furniture in or out of the house. Or maybe there's another neighbor who you know is going through some stuff but is always way too chatty and you're kind of in a hurry. So when you come across them in your neighborhood, you put your earphones in, pretend to look busy meaning to pass them by, because you don't want to be bothered. So it was me tiptoeing across the sea there. Why you, you, would, you would know why. It's because I was consumed with myself or tired or I'd rather walk than row. Did not want to make headway painfully, but I'm no Jesus. But Jesus is Jesus, <laughs> so it's hard to conclude that for him. Or maybe you'd say, uh, maybe Jesus thought they could handle it. Wanted to let them struggle a little. Maybe it's a bit of a test 
to see uh, to what degree um, they were trusting in him after the previous storm and the, the feeding of the 5,000. He wanted to just get close enough to kind of get a, a, a view of, of how, they were, how they were doing. I don't know. I did, trying to figure this out, I asked uh, one of my kids what, what they thought was going on, and, and she said, well, maybe Jesus thought they could handle it and wanted to show them that they could. Yeah. Maybe some wisdom there. There's this, one more. Uh, maybe this is the fact that after Jesus gets to the other side, that's the last part of the reading, we're told that there's these masses of people who are in need of a healing who are, are coming to him. So maybe the reason that Jesus, he meant to pass by them, is he because he had more pressing things on the other side of the sea, more pressing than helping a group of professional fishermen. They were, some of them anyway, a handle rougher than normal seas. That would kind of fit with Jesus, I guess. Hurrying to, longing to be with those who most need him. Maybe. He meant to pass by them. Alas, I'm not sure why. <laughs> why. Why he meant to pass by them or while we're at it, why he wasn't successful. That's weird too. I mean, if a guy is able to walk on the water, you think he'd be able to pull off doing it secretly. <laughs> of the two things, walking on water and sneaking, the former would be more difficult, you'd think, but who knows. Whatever it was. Whatever it was that had Jesus wanting to pass them by, I think maybe we can say this one thing. Jesus was not worried about them. Not worried about them. Uh, that's what my sermon writing process of wondering about the troubling bit yielded this week. <laughs> no nuance from some Greek verb that I looked into somehow, but just this. Whatever it was that was going on in the boat with the disciples as they were making headway painfully, Jesus wasn't worried about them. At the very least, his meaning to pass them by means that he didn't feel the need to stop and check on them. He wasn't pressured to, to go over and, and pat them on the head or comfort them or, or help them out. He wasn't worried. And maybe the reason that that came to me is because I'm a parent who's often worried, usually unnecessarily, but still often worried about my children, find it difficult not to swoop in and fix things and stop and check every five minutes, help them, make sure they're okay, protect them. Maybe that's what has me seen in Jesus, meaning to pass by a Jesus who, unlike me, is unworried. Whatever else he was feeling, whatever else uh, reason, the reason he did what he did, his nonchalantly tiptoeing his way alongside of them, they're good, means he passes by them because he wasn't worried about them. Maybe that in some way, similar to that former time when there was in an even worse storm, Jesus, what did he do? He slept on a cushion because he wasn't worried about them. I worry, and so do you. You worry about those you love. You worry about yourself, about your health, about your wealth, or the lack thereof. Uh, other, other things worry you. Um, maybe uh, that you worry what others think of you, or maybe you worry that others don't think of you at all. Maybe you worry about your community or your country. Maybe you worry that people are not worrying about the things that they should be worrying about. 
Maybe you worry about your future. Maybe you worry about what from your past may come to haunt your future. And if you protest that you are immune to worry, I'm pretty sure you're lying to yourself. Or perhaps your form of worrying is like mine often is, which is to pretend that I'm not worrying. Telling myself that I'm not actually anxious about this or that, when I'm actually kind of terrified. And yet, because I tell myself that worry is for sissies, deny the worry so the stress comes out in some other place, usually in the form of being short-tempered or ornery. So that instead of owning, better confessing, the worry, which is rather unpleasant. Those disciples in the boat, they worried about a lot of things. They worried about the making headway painfully, and sure, the other stuff too. They were worried. But Jesus wasn't. Jesus was not worried about them, just like Jesus is not worried about you. Maybe that is the profound insight, the weighty good news we get from wondering about this little detail he meant to pass by them, that Jesus is not worried. Think about that for a second. And then think about it for the rest of your seconds. That whatever it is that you are worried about right now, and maybe there are a lot of things, Jesus is not worried about that. Whatever you are worrying about now, whatever in your life you're all in a tizzy about, whatever rough seas you may be making headway painfully in now, He's not worried, which is not to say not concerned. It's not to say that his heart does not break and his gut does not churn to see you suffering. It's not to say that he's not present. When those disciples do catch a glimpse of Jesus walking on the sea, he doesn't say, oh no, they've spotted me and dart off (laughs) or put on his invisibility cloak or get extra sneaky or something. He goes to them, he gets into the boat, he says, take heart, it's me, don't be afraid. He's moved and he moves, he's present, and he hears when they cry out and he speaks courage into them. But he is not worried. He doesn't join them in panicking about all that is wrong in the world or in the boat or on the sea or on their hearts. Jesus is not worried. And that is good news. It is not so good news that it's the kind of news that will immediately put all your rests, all your worries rather, to rest. But it does make whatever you are worrying about endurable. Maybe it's like if you're on a plane and you don't like flying a lot and there's really heavy turbulence on this particular flight. It's on a flight like that recently, the turbulence, the, the overhead bins all popping open and stuff falling out, so that it's really kind of scaring you and really makes you want this flight to be over. But you look up, and you see the flight attendants casually, nonchalantly going about their business, unworried. And you think to yourself, well, they're the pros, and they're not worried then I guess I don't need to be either, even though you're still a little worried. (laughs) Now, if you see the the flight attendants cracking open those little bottles and tossing them back, and you hear the pilot screaming for his mother from the cockpit, well, Jesus is the pro. Jesus is the pilot. And Jesus is not worried. 
I'm pretty sure that's one of the, the few things that Jesus never does, is worry. Again, he weeps over us. He weeps about us. He weeps for us. He weeps with us. His heart breaks to see those whom he has loved before the foundation of the world floundering from things within and without. He's moved to wrath. <laughs> he's moved to wrath at the way uh, that we worry one another and turn against one another. He's, he's angry at the demonic forces that assault us, forces with which we often conspire. He's moved to pity, and he can't help himself but come to us when we cry. Jesus is all of that and more. But Jesus is not worried. Even at the world's stormiest, when the winds blew most against him, when the breezes carried cries of crucified him, when instead of walking on the sea, he stumbled on his way to the cross, he was not worried. There, instead of shrieks of terror like that pilot, it was just, Father, forgive, and promises of paradise. As someone else put it there in the cross, he cared so much about our perishing that he perished himself. On that day, human history's two unstoppable storms of sin and death, which cause so much worry and will inevitably capsize every ship, no matter how well-rigged, were calmed. With all the winds against him, instead of worrying about you, Jesus died for you. So that's that. Jesus meant to pass them by. Why? At least partly because he wasn't worried about them. Like he's not worried about you. Of course, like them, you still cry out. And so today he hops in your boat and says, Don't be afraid. It's me. And I am not worried. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.